Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week's quickie is a topic that I am constantly being asked and questioned about, and that is always around ingredients and skincare and food, what we should avoid and how we should do it. And I can tell you if most people that are into this industry and in these fields find it confusing, I can only imagine how tough it must be for the average consumer. You know, with 84,000 chemicals listed as being legally safe to use in food, drugs, and cosmetics, yet most of them are seen as questionable. It's hard to imagine what they're used for and how they came to be considered acceptable in the first place. When you realize most of these ingredients are described as having health concerns, for example, they're carcinogenic, skin-sensitive, or endocrine-disrupting, it's even more disturbing to imagine how they get to stay on the market in the first place. So understanding labels on your personal care products, cosmetics, and packaged foods seems like you need a science degree and chemistry degree, and you're not wrong. It's one of the most confusing and sometimes scary challenges you may actually be faced with. Think about how many times you've picked up a bottle or a jar to read the ingredients label, only to realize you have no idea what some of them actually are, let alone how to pronounce them. Have you ever questioned why they're even in there in the first place? What's their point? One of the most common answers questioning safety I get is, well, they wouldn't put it in there, Kim, if it wasn't safe. How lovely it would be to believe that this was true. Trusting everything you read or see or understand or believing manufacturers will put health before filling their pockets, sadly, is not a reality in the food, beauty, and cosmetic industries. I have a simple strategy when it comes to choosing products I buy. When I pick up a product, I instantly turn to the ingredients label, not the nutritional label or the marketing material, but the ingredients. It only takes me a couple of seconds to determine if this is something I'll buy or not. There's a number of things I look for, and this is how I taught my children when they were young. When I see food, with numbers, especially things like 951, which is aspartame, or 621, which is MSG, or words like flavor, color, or preservative, it instantly goes back on the shelf. End of story, non-negotiable, it's not bought. I remember when my kids were little, they too got seduced by all the beautiful children's packaging and marketing and all of those things. And I'd go, oh, let's see in the ingredients if there's a number 951 or 621. And as soon as they saw it, I go, ah, what a shame. We can't have that. Just to show you how much the context of our food is changing. In the 1960s, there were approximately 500 known food additives. Today, there are over four and a half thousand. According to Dr. Sarah Lance, author of Chemical Free Kids, the average person in the USA, UK and Australia consume on average four kilograms of chemicals in a year in the form of additives and preservatives. This does not include the pesticide residues in foods before processing, nor does it include the leaching of plasticizers like phthalates into food from plastic tin can linings and packaging. When it comes to personal care products, I hate to say it, but it's actually worse. The governing legislation is very unregulated. 
according to the Environmental Working Group, which you can go on to www.ewg.org, personal care products are manufactured with 10,500 unique chemical ingredients, some of which, as mentioned above, are known as suspected carcinogens, toxic to the reproductive system, or known to disrupt the endocrine system. Though some companies make products that would be safe to eat, others choose to use dangerous ingredients like coal tar and formaldehyde, both of which are human carcinogens, and less lead acetate, a developmental toxin. When I pick up a personal care or cosmetic product, again, I look at exactly what's in it. To make it easy, I just thought I'd share with you a few things that I choose as to whether or not I will purchase. Number one, check the ingredients list. The minute I see chemical words, not botanical names, I'm cautious. Things like parabens, methyl, ethyl, propyl, butyl, and heptyl, PEG, DEA, TEA, the word perfume or fragrance, or things like benzoate, propylene glycol, or sodium lauryl sulfate, all of which appear regularly in many products. If I can't understand a name or use it in my kitchen, I'll probably most definitely put it back. I also figure even if it's just one of these ingredients is present, then maybe the ethics of that company do not actually match mine. So I probably won't purchase again, looking, looking for something more in line with my own values. Number two, use additive cards. It's hard to remember all the chemicals and ingredients to avoid. So this can be a fantastic reference. You do not have to do the research, but we can trust that it's been done for you. Get the book, The Chemical Maze by Bill Statham and Chemical Free Kids by Dr. Sarah Lance. And to describe more in detail, you can go to Skin Deep, the cosmetic safety database at the Environmental Working Group website. I often will put an ingredient in there and see whether it comes up one, two or three. If it has a green light, then I'll quite possibly buy it. But the minute I see an orange or a red light, again, it goes back on the shelf. Number three, divide the ingredients list on the label. I know that one of the most important things to do is to notice the ingredients and the order in which they're listed. The top third usually contains 90 to 95% of the product. The middle third usually contains 5 to 8% and the bottom third is approximately 1 to 3%. Don't be mistaken. If something that is questionable is last, it's still in there and no one, possibly knows the long-term accumulation effects of these chemicals. Number four, check for warnings and look for the consequences of misuse that could be hazardous. For example, all products containing halocarbon or hydrocarbon propellants, such as aerosol hairsprays and deodorants, must disclose the exact warning. Soap and bubble baths will show a warning, may irritate skin. Keep out of reach of children is another common one. Read them and make sure you know exactly what they're warning you about and then decide if it's a risk worth taking. Number five, be aware of anything that's nature derived. If you see an ingredient like SLS, which is sodium lauryl sulfate, and then in brackets, the words coconut derived, be present. If, they, if you see it, be aware if they're present. Pure unprocessed coconut oil is not SLS. Companies do not have to disclose what chemicals or ingredients are used to refine or process something either. Number six, look for the words chemical free. 
and see what else the company stands for and is willing to express. Natural and organic are common phrases that, as I'm sure you can be aware, can be overused and misleading. I personally have become a bit cautious of them as they do not necessarily mean what they say or say what they mean. Organic, for instance, can simply mean an extra carbon molecule. Natural can mean there's some natural ingredients, but both can still contain harmful and questionable ingredients. In fact, a product only needs to contain 5% of natural ingredients to call themselves natural. Now, I don't know about you, but the more I look into things like this, the more confusing and more concerning it becomes. In the show notes, I will put a copy of the questionable additives to avoid in food and the questionable ingredients to avoid in skincare. But please mark my words, these are only a few and probably the most common ones. There are plenty more. All I ask is that by listening to this, you take a little bit more care and time in researching the companies that you wish to support and buy from. I love to know the amazing ethos that uh, that companies will contain. And when you understand that their passion is about looking for and avoiding chemicals like these, then maybe they're the companies to support. And don't be surprised. This isn't just the health, food and beauty industries. Don't forget to think about what ingredients are used in pharmaceutical industries as well. Be mindful, be careful and be consumer aware. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's self-love quickie. Please leave your comments and feedback on the wellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast, or you can go to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison with the number 28, or you can go to my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts and feedback, not only on this week's self-love quickie, but the self-love podcast. And if you think this is worth sharing, then please share on all platforms. The greatest thing you can do for me is give it a a five-star rating because that's what helps find podcasts like this more easily. I sincerely appreciate you tuning in. I do read every comment and feedback, and I love all your personal messages to me. It means the world to think that there's some of you out there that love this weekly show, and I certainly hope that the quickies are... uh, you know, important to you and also add value to your life. Take care now and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.